Hello, everyone. I'm Jerry Savell. Thank you for joining me today. It's a privilege and an honor to share the Word of God with you. And once again, if you've been watching over the last couple of weeks, we're in the Southwest Believers Convention right here in Fort Worth, Texas, sponsored by Kenneth Copeland Ministries. This is our 39th year to do this convention, and they just get better and better each and every year. And listen, you need to make your plans to join us again next year. It's going to be a very special convention next year because it will be the 40th year, and I believe that God is already talking to Brother Copeland about some big things that are going to take place. So you go on their website and find out what the dates are for next year and make your plans to join with us. I'm sharing with you the messages that I taught in this convention this year. And of course, as you watch them today, uh, that convention will have already been completed. But praise God, the messages were so powerful, we wanted to bring them to you. So we're going to continue talking about God making a covenant, and he swore that he would do marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of his greatness beyond anything the earth had ever seen before. And I believe that covenant is for you and me as well. In fact, Psalm 89, 34 says, My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has come from my lips. So you and I can expect some big things this year and beyond. So watch now as I take you into that service where we were talking about this subject, and I believe if you listen carefully, your faith is going to go to another level. At the end, I'll be back in a few moments, and I'll be sharing some closing remarks. God is not through with marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of His greatness. I've seen it all these years. I asked the Lord one time, why aren't we seeing it more? He said, because most people are not believing for it. You get what you believe, what you believe for. You know, we became satisfied over a period of time. We became satisfied. And I'm, I'm saying it of myself as well. We became satisfied with just preaching good sermons. We'll see you next week. We'll see you tomorrow night. We became satisfied. Not only that, I think sometimes those cameras got in our way. Well, we got to get it at least an hour and, and, you know, get it this on film for him, put it on television. And I got to get at least two sermons out of this. And we've, we've bound ourselves. God's still the same God. He changes not. I said, God is still the same God. He changes not. You don't suppose he's been wanting to heal people, deliver people, set people free all these years? Quite possibly in every service. The Bible says in Mark, the 16th chapter, they went everywhere preaching the gospel, the Lord confirming the word with signs following. When we preach the gospel, signs should be following. When we preach the gospel, signs should be following. But God's a gentleman. He's not going to interrupt us. He's not going to make it happen if we don't give him room. I did a little book recently, and I, I shared it with a group of pastors. Making room for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> 
making room for the Holy Ghost. You know, God couldn't do some, do anything in some churches if he wanted to because he's not on the program. Amen. I've been in churches where they've given me minute by minute what's going to happen. I thought, well, I don't see the Holy Ghost on there anywhere. Perhaps he's not coming today. He's not on the program. Amen? Amen. Boy, it's getting quiet in here. God who started this great work in you. How many of you believe God started a great work in you? I am thoroughly convinced that God started a great work in Jerry Savelle. But it's not over. He's going to bring it to a flourishing finish. Hallelujah. God plans for you and I to leave this planet in a blaze of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So why can we be so confident that this God who started this work in us is going to bring it to a flourishing finish is because 1 Corinthians 1, 9 says, God is faithful. God is faithful. He's the covenant keeping God. He's always true to his promises. Whatever he says, he will do it. He will not allow his faithfulness to fail. Nothing should ever cause us to doubt that he will do what he's promised he would do. He never promises and then fails to perform it. He will never commence to do something and then not finish it. Psalm 89, 34. And here's the scripture I mentioned. That's one of my favorites. Look at it. Psalm 89, 34. My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has come out of my lips. God has never been and never will be a covenant breaker. If God says, I make a covenant, then listen up. I make a covenant. That ought to, you ought to highlight that. Read it often. I make a covenant. I will do marvels such as have never been done in the earth. And he's still keeping that covenant. Amen. He never breaks covenant. I, I heard another preacher say one time, he devised it. He drew up the draft for it. He voluntarily entered into it. Therefore, he thinks much of it and he fully intends to back it. That's good, isn't it? You may read that again. Shake your head yes, because I'm going to anyway. He devised it. He drew up the draft for it. He voluntarily entered into it. Therefore, he thinks much of it and he fully intends to back it. Hallelujah. Another commentary says this. Alterations and afterthoughts belong to short-sighted people. Alterations and afterthoughts 
belong to short-sighted people who meet with unexpected events which cause them to change their minds. Thank you, sir. I believe it will. <laughs> Alterations and afterthoughts belong to short-sighted people who meet with unexpected events which cause them to change their minds, but God is never this way. He is immutable in His nature and never has a change of heart. Glory to God. Somebody say, my God, my God is the covenant-keeping God. Say, my God, my God is the covenant-keeping God. And if you truly believe it, give Him your best shout right now. Now, what does the word immutable mean? It means not subject or susceptible to change or variation. The writer of the book of Hebrews makes mention of this in Hebrews chapter 6, if you want to turn there with me. Hebrews chapter 6. Are you receiving this today? Yes. Our God is the covenant-keeping God. Look at verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he sware by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability, there's that word, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So notice immutable once again, means not subject or susceptible to change or variation. The message translation says, when God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word a rock solid guarantee. God cannot break his word. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them once again, my God is the covenant keeping God. When Abraham dared to believe what God had promised him, God caused every word of it to come to pass in his life. But we must remember this important requirement. Look at verse 15. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Well, I just lost half the people in here. After he had patiently endured, after he had patiently endured, that's the problem with a lot of people. They don't patiently endure. They have the attitude, if it's not going to happen by dark, I'm not playing anymore. And the reason the church has become that way is because we live in a fast-paced society. Everything wants, everybody wants things to happen fast. We live in this fast-paced society. Everybody wants it fast. Everybody wants it done now. 
And you can't have that attitude living by faith. Because if it was all fast, then Paul would have never written, and having done all to stand. Now, I know some of you, you hate that verse. I wish Paul hadn't written that. But I can tell you, everything hasn't happened fast for me. Now, I love it. I love it when I have those suddenlies. That's one of my favorite words in the Bible, suddenly. But I haven't experienced suddenlies as much as I've experienced having done all to stand. Stand. Glory to God. Now, the question is, are you willing to do that? Now, I've said all of that to bring us back to this point. Our God is the covenant-keeping God. Our God is a faithful God. Well, the Lord said to Brother Copeland, it's a year of abundant harvest. He said to me that it's a year of marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of His greatness. And I have, I have linked those two prophetic words together. And I am having an abundant harvest through marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. I've, I've been blessed up to this time that I'm about to share with you, an event that took place. Up to that time, I had been blessed over the years with eight different airplanes. Debt-free, praise God. And every time we outgrew one, we'd sow it into another ministry. One year, I I sold my airplane into Happy Caldwell's ministry. And uh, over the years, I I learned that observing Brother Copeland and how how he believed God for his next airplane. When I was working with him uh, or for him, I watched him believe in three debt-free airplanes, three different debt-free airplanes. And I watched how he got the next one by sowing the one he had. And it produced the next airplane. And so over the years, I practiced that. The Bible says, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So Brother Copeland became my example. And every time I'd outgrow one, I'd sow it into another ministry and believe God for the next one. And so the last one I had, I sowed, and it was a Citation 500. I sowed it into Brother Copeland's ministry. And after I sowed it, I kind of thought like, well, maybe I'm done with aviation. Maybe I don't need airplanes anymore. And and I'm thinking, um, maybe... I'll start enjoying more the fruit of my labor. Now, not, not thinking in terms of quitting or retiring, but just being home more because I travel and I have done so all these years, nearly 22 days out of every month. I got grandchildren that would like to see me sometimes. I got a wife that would like to see me. I got children that would like to see me. You know, when they were young, they all traveled with me, but, but, uh, but no, they'd rather stay home now. And the daughters, my daughters sitting on the front row here, Jerry and Terry, they both have their own ministries and they're traveling all the time. Praise God. You know, so we have to come to Fort Worth for a believers convention to see the family. <laughs> and, uh, so I just thought, well, maybe I'll slow down a little bit enjoy the fruit of my labor. And uh, I was preaching at Brother Keith's church and he was talking to me about 
airplanes. And I told him, I said, well, Brother Keith, I, I'm not sure if I want another airplane. I'm, I'm not sure if, if uh, airplanes are still in my future. Well, he didn't say much about it. And then I said, well, if, if I do uh, get back in aviation, I'll probably just get something in a jet, but just a small jet, and they have one called a Citation Mustang, and you can fly it about the same cost as a prop, you know, very economical. And of course, it won't go very far, and it don't run very fast. But you know, just if I need an airplane, maybe I'll just go for that. Well, Keith still didn't say anything, other than he had that, are you sure, Brother Jerry, look on your face? (laughs) And so I was up in Baltimore preaching at a church And after the service, and I flew up there commercial, and after the service, the pastor wanted to take me out and meet all of his family and have dinner. And so we did, and boy, it was nearly one o'clock in the morning before they got me back to my hotel. And I had to fly out the next morning, or that morning, real early for another meeting. So I'm putting away my suit and putting away the things that I didn't need for the rest of the night, knowing I had to get up early and leave. And as I'm hanging up my suit, the Lord said, what did I say to you in 1969 when you went into the ministry? I said, well, you said a lot of things to me back then. What are you referring to? He said about aviation. I said, well, you told me that there would come a time when I would not be able to fulfill what you had called me to do without airplanes in my ministry. And he said, well, are you done? I said, done with what? He said, ministry. I said, no, I'm not done. He said, then what makes you think you can fulfill what I've called you to do now without airplanes? I said, well, apparently I can't. (laughs) He said, then whose ideal was it to not believe for your next airplane, mine or yours? I said, mine. He said, then I ask you again, are you done? Are you through? I said, no, I'm not through. He said, then get back on your faith for your next airplane. I said, I stand corrected. So when I got home, the first thing I said to my wife was, uh, Carolyn, forget everything I said about not being in aviation anymore, not having airplanes anymore. Erase all that. We're back in our faith back on our faith. I had to even go before my staff and tell them, don't pay any attention to what I said the last staff meeting (laughs) about not having uh, airplanes anymore. So about that time, one of my board of directors in Australia had sold a company and the Lord impressed upon him to sow a significant seed into our aviation department. Now, this all happened right after that experience in Baltimore. And he sends, after the sale of this company, a half a million dollars and said, put it toward your next airplane. So I had half a million dollars already in the bank. And then Keith and Phyllis contact me. And Brother Keith says, and I may not be saying it verbatim, but he says, Brother Jerry, are you sure? 
about what you said to me about aviation and, and about that Mustang. If you ever got into aviation again, maybe you'd have a Mustang. I said, well, Keith, I've, I've had an experience with the Lord since then. And I said, I'm back on my faith. I'm believing God for my next airplane. He said, well, we are too. And we'd like to sow our airplane into your ministry as seed toward our next airplane. He said, it's a lot faster than that Mustang. It's a lot bigger than that Mustang. It'll go a lot further than that Mustang. I said, sounds like God to me. So he sowed it into our ministry. And, uh, and he told me, he said, and, and I had flown in that plane before. And uh, it's a nice airplane, a Citation 5. And, and it was bigger, better, faster than any other jet I'd ever owned. And, uh, and he said, now, you know, down the road, you'll probably have to, you know, upgrade the avionics and so forth. And, and you know, down the road, you know, do some, uh, something with the engines and so forth. But, but there's still a lot of time left on it and so forth. But you don't have to be concerned about that right now. So I received the airplane and prayed with them over it and so forth. And, and we began flying it. And the Lord said, I've done a first for you. I've done a marvel. I've done a wonder. I've done an extraordinary manifestation of my greatness. He said, this is the first time that you've ever had money in the bank in advance for everything you need to upgrade the airplane. Because I always got the airplane and then I had to believe God for the money for the upgrades and whatever. He said, I sent you half a million dollars before the airplane came. Go find out what it's going to take to do the upgrades. Would you like to know how much it took? Half a million dollars. Half a million dollars for the upgrades. State of the art. Ooh, hallelujah. And Keith is in the shop right now having a brand new interior put in and the rest of the avionics on the co-pilot side so they're not reaching back and forth. When I get through, when I get that airplane back, August the 15th, it will be the finest Citation 5 in the sky. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody give the Lord a good shout. Amen. Hallelujah. So God said, I make a covenant. I make a covenant. I will do marvels, wonders, extraordinary manifestation of my greatness, such as the world has never seen. Are you ready for that? Lift up both hands and say, count me in, Lord. I'm ready for it. And give him your best shout, hallelujah. Hello, friends and partners. Brother Jerry here. I am celebrating 50 years in the ministry, and to commemorate this special occasion, we put together a very special 50-year anniversary Bible. We call it the Favor Edition. It's a limited edition, and along with it, it's got several of my 
favor sermons and outlines that I've preached all over the world. Now I know they'll be a blessing to you. And along with that, you'll get a 40-page scrapbook of photos from beginning of this ministry right up to this present time. And I know that you'll enjoy reading it, looking at all the photos. Maybe you'll even find yourself in one of them. I want to thank you in advance for placing your order right now. And you can do so by going to our website, jerrysavelle.org. All the information on how to order this special Bible is available to you. Do it now. They won't last long, so be one of the first to order this special Bible. Thank you very much. It is time for you to see God's mountain-moving power in your life. It's available right now in the powerful book and three-CD teaching, Marvels, Wonders, and Extraordinary Manifestations of the Greatness of Our God. Jerry Savelle reveals how God's plan is to continue doing the miraculous and bring a harvest of blessing. In this timely package, you'll learn three acts of faith that usher in God's wonders, the role angels play in the manifestation of God's greatness in our lives, the relevance of prophecy in the end-time harvest, the necessity of finances for the end time harvest, how to position yourself for an abundant harvest, and more. Today is the day. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this powerful teaching, including the Marvels and Wonders book and CD set. Dare to mix your faith with what His Word has already promised. Begin to experience marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of His greatness today. Thank you again for joining me today. It's been a privilege and an honor to share the Word with you, and I trust it's been inspiring to your faith. I want to pray for you right now before we go any further. I want to pray that you will experience what God said in this covenant, marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of His greatness. You're entitled to it. So I'm praying for you right now that in the name of Jesus, this year, this year, not 10 years from now, but this year you're going to experience marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations of God's greatness in every area of your life. If you need healing in your body, get ready. If you need a financial breakthrough, get ready. If you need a healing in your marriage, get ready. If you need deliverance from addictions, get ready. God is in the marble working business, the miracle working business, and he has a miracle for you, praise God. So in Jesus' name, receive it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands and thank God for it right now. Also, I want to remind you of our special product offer this week. My brand new book, Marvels, Wonders, and Extraordinary Manifestations of the Greatness of God. This is hot off the press, and I'm excited about it. We just introduced it in this convention, and we have it available for you, uh, our television viewing audience, and also right along with it is the three CDs on the very same subject. So if you'd like to have these in your home, then look on the screen right now. The address is there, or you can log on to our website, jerrysavelle.org, and it'll tell you how to order, what the price is, and so forth, and I encourage you to place your order right away. I want to say thank you to all of our partners. I'm telling you, you are so special and such a blessing to us. You enable me to travel all over the world. You know, by the time you watch this broadcast, um, I will have been in Puerto Rico. Uh, I just returned from Nigeria. Uh, there are other meetings that are scheduled here in the near future. You're helping to send me to all of those nations and to preach the uncompromising Word of God. 
And I appreciate that so very much. We couldn't do it without you. So partners, thank you. If you're not a partner, prayerfully consider becoming a partner. You can log on to our website and it'll tell you how to do that. Thank you again for watching. We're going to continue this next week, so be sure and make your plans to join us. And until then, Jerry Savelle reminding you that your faith will overcome the world.